What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play. It is me, boy Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-host, Matthew Fisher, and also the lovely Adam Creighton. Welcome back, boys. We did it. We're back. It's the off. Good to be back. It feels good good to be back. Feels good. Hockey's right around the corner. It's not far off, folks. It is mid-August. Really, you just got to get to the slog of September, and then boom, it's October. You know what I mean? Uh, so it, it's it's right it's right around the corner. We're right there. So we will continue to deliver all of the content that we possibly can to you. But, boys, how we doing? How's the summer going? It's wrapping up a little bit. Baseball, baseball and golf time, it just seems like every day it's like, ah, watch a baseball game. Telling me. Run around a golf course. Yeah, how is the baseball stuff going for you there, Adam? August has been the busiest month so far. This is my only week off from baseball. Have you been I enjoying worked. baseball a bit more? Because I remember yeah. you were not much of a baseball guy. You really weren't. I wouldn't say I disliked it. I, I definitely wasn't a baseball guy. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. But it has been uh, fun and interesting to to see it from the production side of things. Yeah, I got I can understand that. It is also funny to see them plastering a QR code asking fans to do a survey about the uh, the ABS and the challenges. <laughs> oh, really? They have, they have this fan survey the season's that now? Ending? Yeah, now that the season's over, they want to know like what the people think, if it should be a full-time thing, a sometimes thing, if they prefer ABS, if they prefer the challenge over the ABS, if they like both. Um I filled it out, and uh, I don't remember what I said, but I know I filled it out. <laughs> I'm a I'm not a baseball purist. Uh, I'm 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 more I would say I guess uh, progressive as a baseball fan. I think it should be all robot umps. Uh, I'm getting really fed up with how terrible umps are nowadays. Um, it's getting across the league. It is getting real brutal um, to watch. So all robot umps. I don't care. We have the technology. Fire all those fake cops. Uh, they think they're cool. They aren't. They want to be the center of attention because they couldn't be an athlete, and they think that being an umpire is the way to do it. Just get uh, out of my face. Uh, it's completely yeah. different from the uh, officials that we usually deal with. And, yeah, we could True. say sometimes they are terrible, but they are a tough job, and mm-hmm. they, they do the best they can. NHL officiating is, is way different because you can miss – so much because there's so much action going mm-hmm. on everywhere else. When you're a baseball umpire, especially when you're the home plate umpire, you have one job. And so many of them are so bad at that one job. It's it's almost baffling. It truly is. And now there really? are some there are some good umpires. There there are a lot of good umpires in the league that I agree with the the way that they call. I agree with their zones usually. There's an but umpire that went to my high school. And oh really? Um, yeah. Does he suck? No, he's pretty good. He, uh, <laughs> Put him on the I spot. Think got, I think he was in the World Series. What's, a, what's, his, uh, what's his name? I got. I gotta look up his name. He's African American. So, but it's not CB uh, Buckner, is it? No. Okay. It's not CB <laughs> Buckner. Wild. He's a little bit younger. Um. All right, because I want to look up his umpire scorecards. I want to see. Yeah, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll get right on it right for the pod. Yeah, uh, there we go. Yeah. Take a pitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely um, NHL officiating, in my opinion, and I feel like probably a lot of other people's opinions, even people that don't watch hockey, gotta agree, it's way more difficult with way more action going on than being a. Now, I, I digress. Being a home plate umpire definitely has its difficulties because you don't have the TV box that the rest of us do when we're watching at home. You're just going off of the the zone that you've established and where you think that 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 pitch wound up and you have to, you know, fight through good framing from catchers. You have to fight through guys trying to will balls and strikes to happen and kind of, uh, almost make it happen in some aspects. But, uh, you got, you got a name for me. Yeah. His name's Alan Porter. Alan Porter. One L and Alan. Yes. And he, uh, umpired in the world series this past Ooh, year. Now. Yeah. So Apple Horsham alumni I love to see the success, but uh, it, and it's it's interesting, like how uh, NHL. Here we go. His referee... most recent 
umpire scorecard, he had a 98 called ball accuracy, but an 80% called strike accuracy. That's woof. That's not, he was, he was not letting any hitting happen. He was like, if you're not going to swing, I don't give a damn. It's a strike. Swing the bat. <laughs> but uh, I I mean, you look at the Stanley Cup finals, the, like the two referees were the most, uh, the eldest referees in the league. Most like, decorated too. Yeah. yeah. So like, and they they got break up tough fights, man. All, all NHL referees got to get in there and, you know, break up the boys and that's tough dude i mean you saw it uh a couple like a couple weeks ago in the major league baseball you know the umpire was right in the middle of two guys looking to scrap and you just scowl away said i don't want any part of this yeah nhl nhl officials they want the smoke they're like go ahead i want it (laughs) let's do this (laughs) um all right. Well, that was that was a surprising amount of umpire conversation on the hockey podcast. But umpire and referee, yes, and referee. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I would say respect to all, but uh, that's pretty much up until you piss me off, and then I'm going to hate you. So that's fair. At least I'm being honest. Um, all righty. To keep moving forward with hockey news, uh, we got some small stories, and then we're going to end with two heavy hitters here. But to first start it off, this one came by my feeds on uh, about a week ago. And it's, it's just so disappointing. Uh, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the QMJHL, has banned fighting, and any fighting will result in automatic ejection and I believe a fine. Um, let's see if I can find their official statement on the matter. Um, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking. I hope it's not in French. That would that would be awesome. That would suck. What do you mean? It's a sad day in hockey, boys. Uh, um, uh, yeah, so the, so fighting will result in automatic suspension and other supplemental discipline to follow. You said you found it? I found a, an article that basically gives quick bullet points. It's not the actual... Uh, what, what All right, I mean, I'll, 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 take the, I'll take the bullet points. So according to The Athletic writer Mark Lazarus, uh, the... The, the three main bullet points to know about the QMJHL's official banning of fighting. Uh, um, number one, the league's rules state anyone engaged in a fight will be ejected from the game. Number two, any player found to have instigated the fight will get an automatic one-game suspension. The player declared to be the aggressor during the fight will receive a minimum two-game automatic suspension. Players involved in multiple scuffles in a season will start receiving an automatic suspension beginning with their second fight in addition to the other sanctions. So it's not like basically it's a you can't fight or else all these bad things are going to happen to you. Here's here's the issue that you're going to find. Right. So I think everybody kind of knew already that the Q as as us in the hockey community call it is was pretty much the softest junior league. Um, it was, it was pretty much all euros and, uh, the, the Canadian, uh, pretty boys in the queue, not a lot of toughness. Uh, the toughness is usually found in the, in the WHL over there on the West coast. Those are some tough cats over there, but here's, here's my biggest concern with this. You're going to have a lot of junior players who are feeling really good about their stuff and that they're a good hockey player, et cetera, et cetera. And they're going to, you know, play in, in the AHL or the ECHL or, or the NHL maybe. And somebody's going to want to go. And they're going to get hurt, going to get their bell rung. There's, it, I'm not saying that hockey fighting is an art, but there's definitely an art to it in how to do it and not get yourself injured. You know yeah, what I mean? And you now don't know how to do it. You're going to yeah. look like you're riding a ball and, you know. Exactly. And somebody's going to throttle you and knock your ass out like tom wilson's gonna have a field day with these q kids um and and also in addition to that uh you know when there's dirty hits or dirty play or anything like that or you have you know just a classic brad marchand situation got a dude licking everybody on the ice they don't have to answer to anything it's just no one's going to be able to do anything about it and if they do 
they're going to be immediately sanctioned. There's going to be a bunch of different things that they have to go through during their season when they're trying to make the league. And that's not something anybody's going to want to put up with when they're doing their best to get drafted. So this just feels like the negatives outweigh the positives. I understand the positives being uh, there'll probably be a, uh, you know, less amount of concussions or fighting injuries, et cetera, et cetera. I get all that bit, but I feel like as weird as this might sound, banning hockey fighting might cause more injuries. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, I'm definitely sad. You know, you got, you got a hockey league that's, you know, banning a half a big part of, you know, the sport in its lessons. Like, you know, like you said, you're going to go, go through this hockey process and then you're going to learn now. It's like, Oh, you're a lot weaker than your opponents. And, uh, you know, it's you're kind of setting yourself back. Um, I mean, they made their decision. I feel like it's going to be tough for, you know, some of the smaller players just to play the game. I mean, it might, it might actually even benefit them if there's less physicality. But, you know, it's a shame that we're probably going to see this impact in the next, you know, couple of years up in the upper echelon leagues of the, uh, of the sport. Right. Right. Um, Adam, what, what do you think about the situation? I was actually, while you guys were talking, I was reading more of that article that I got those three points from. And something that I thought was a little interesting is, uh, it doesn't seem like I try and figure out how to phrase this phrase this. The players, well-being is being taken into account but not from an injury point of view um this is actually stemming it seems like from what i'm reading um from the situation that occurred in 2020 in regards to i guess hazing rituals that were taking place across the the canadian hockey league uh which i don't quite remember hearing stories about that like it rings a bell but i, I don't quite remember the the specifics i mean i thought that i thought that was more like coaches telling guys they have to go fight if they're gonna make the league i mean i don't from what i'm reading it sounds like it was a little bit more involved than that but basically um when the former commissioner of the qmjhl gillies cortow cortow no idea French Canadian names are weird, dude. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, I'm gonna go Corteau because of the French Canadian. Uh, when he resigned, and the the new commissioner, whose name I am not going to attempt to pronounce, um, stepped in um, during his introductory conference, he said, "quote I think we just need to adjust at least on the things that have been discussed, like fighting and hazing. We obviously have to improve on these situations and even eliminate them in some cases. Um, basically." Um, in response to him looking to make a, a cultural change um, within the league. And that's kind of where he's, he's starting to implement his, his attempt at a cultural change. The only thing about changing the culture at that level though, is because it doesn't align with the culture at the professional level. I feel like you're giving these, you know, kids for lack of a better term, a disadvantage moving forward in their professional career. Um, well, I mean, if you look at the NHL as a whole, like comparing the, the product we see on the ice now to what we saw 10, 15 years ago, those enforcer grinder type players kind of phased out without anything having to be implemented. It's right. just kind of how things went. You still have your, your grinders. I think the grinder is still kind of around well, to, to me grinders your... nowadays are more guys that are just really heavy on the four check yeah and arguably you could say they've probably evolved more into a power forward role than a actual grinder kind of role right um, it's almost like a hybrid if you will um kind of like a jamie ben to me. yeah I, I was thinking like a jamie ben uh brad marchand you could argue might be in that kind of category ryan reeves i think is still more the enforcer than the grinder power forward, but I think he's evolved his game enough where he, it's it's kind of overlapped a little bit. Sure. But if you look at it from that stance, really there, there's not a lot of that going on. So these kids are going to come in and 
really it's going to be the same environment and then you know if you piss somebody off you might find yourself in trouble but i feel like we've seen on more than one occasion some of these young kids able to kind of stand up for themselves and you know pull not pull a punch but throw a punch if Mm. need be yeah and you know maybe just their ability to you know be an athlete in that situation will help them but i don't know i just feel like they they might wind up kind of on the back foot a little bit in some aspects of the game as they continue as professional. But I guess the big question moving forward here, you know, uh, is this is the, is this a situation where it's the first domino to fall or do you think this is going to be just this league and that's just going to be a part of the queue moving forward and it's not going to affect any of the leagues. Not all at once. On, I don't know, man. I I have a hard time feeling like the age. I mean, for as much as it hasn't developed into a developmental league, the AHL, like you still, there's still plenty of fighting in that league. Mm -hmm. Uh, Plenty of just like base fighting, like guys who are like, like going to know they're going to get into a fight during a game. But uh, I just find it hard to believe that that league would follow. I find it hard to believe that the eastern part of the state or the providence of the country, I mean, like the you know, Western Hockey League of the you know, juniors would follow suit because, you know, it doesn't align with how they play. Yeah. I mean I I'm inclined to agree with you. I don't think it's gonna affect especially not the AHL or the NHL, but I do I could see a situation where it affects other Canadian junior leagues. What about you, Adam? It's possible. I, I don't know, but I, I really don't think it's as big a deal as a lot of people are making it out to be. When you consider the fact that if I'm looking at this correctly, none of the European leagues allow fighting. So like a lot of these other places where these young kids will go and play um, and develop don't allow fighting. So I mean, I, I it, it could tr- it could be a trickle down effect. I don't see it happening at the 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 professional level, if you want to call it that. The the NHL, the AHL, the ECHL, all those leagues, I don't think it touched. Um, if anything, it's like I said, a natural phasing out of it. But there's no ever official hard ban like the QMJHL does. Mm. I could see the rest of the CHL maybe following suit down the line. I think it's going to depend on how well this works out in the queue. And if, you know, it actually does what they intended to do, or if it's just kind of there and they say, ah, they let them do whatever they're doing. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see if there's going to be a, uh, like a, a study done at the end of the year to look at the numbers of like how many concussions there were in comparison to years prior or how many injuries there were in comparison to the year prior, et cetera, et cetera. Cause if the numbers are about the same. I don't see what the whole point of the band was in the first place, but I digress. This is going to be a, um, there's going to be something that we'll follow along with. And uh, in, in my opinion, and I think I share that opinion with Matt, I don't think it's going to affect the other leagues, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Speaking of fighting, though, how about this one? Daniel Sprong decided to take uh, fighting off the ice as apparently he uh, physically assaulted IndyCar driver Zach Clayman DeMello uh, at a nightclub in Detroit. Um, This was, let's see, last week, so about six days ago. Um, So DeMello took to his social media to make his accusations, uh, posting on Instagram stories. Um, he said, uh, quote, during Grand Prix weekend, I was assaulted at a nightclub by Detroit Red Wings NHL player Darren Sprong. He used at Detroit Red Wings at NHL at Sprong 11. Um, he added all of them. Said, quote, he grabbed my neck and pinned me on the wall. We were separated during the scuffle. After when I believe the situation was over, Daniel came back and sucker punched me in the face while I was defenseless. The photos in the slide before uh, this was photos of like his chi- his tooth was chipped, his mouth was bloody, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or the aftermath of the incident. The dental work needed was brutal, and I'm still not finished. I also sustained a concussion that I've been dealing with for over the past few weeks. Um, he didn't suggest in his post that uh, he would be making any criminal charges, but definitely 
hinted at potential legal action. Um, yeah, you hate to see that if you're the Red Wings. Um, I, I mean, Sprong isn't necessarily one of their, you know, top end guys by any means. Um, but he was recently added to the team. It's on a one year deal for two mil. Uh, his career high in points was 21 goals last season with Seattle or 21. Yeah. 21 goals last season for Seattle. He could have been an up and coming guy. And this kind of really throws a wrench in that. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of unfortunate for not only the Red Wings, but also for, uh, for Sprong, but Hey, you know, can't do that stuff. Can't do that stuff. Um, I guess I would ask you, what do you guys think about it? But I feel like it's kind of a, Hey, don't, I wouldn't, don't do, dumb, don't do dumb you shit. Can't fight off the ice. Fight on the ice where it's legal, my guy. It's, ama- it's amazing what? how hockey allows a thing that, in reality, you're completely not allowed to do. Is considered assault and will be like you right. can get put in jail for you. Yeah. Um, I would love to see like the video of this shit. I mean, I love. I mean, I rather see hockey fights, but then like bar fights, fights are hilarious to watch. Though it's funny just to like if any of this is true, like. This guy probably fucking was like so surprised he's just getting put through a wall right there. Yeah, he so, probably got <laughs> just fully bodied. I'd have yeah. to assume. What were we saying, Adam? What is going on with all these journeyman players just going off the rails? First They're it was Galchenyuk, now it's know, Sprong. <laughs> what is happening? Gazuntite. That. Ooh, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, they're all they're all going seized. they're all going crazy. Um, somehow, some way, the one that I know for in fact is crazy somehow keeps us calm. Off the ice, yeah. That's I get maybe, Tony maybe D. Tony uh, D. But you uh, know, we're just we're just reporting it. Basically, don't do stupid shit, people. If you if you fight on the ice in a hockey league that allows it, good for you. Yeah, don't do it off the ice. Five minutes. And if you do, we will watch it on on YouTube or TikTok or Twitter, wherever it winds up. And I will laugh. Or X. Bar fights are funny to me. Um, to keep moving forward here, one last note before we get to the heavy hitter news: uh, the NHL 24 cover athlete has been revealed. Ooh. It is Kale McCarr. Uh, it was announced, I believe, yesterday, two days ago. Uh, that sounds about right. I think two days ago. Uh, Kale McCarr is your NHL 24 cover athlete. Um, that's probably really cool for Kale McCarr. Uh, but Matt brought up a very good point before the episode. Uh, the cover curse, kind of a lingering thing here. You know, not to bring it up, but it's a thing. Also, EA is putting a lot of risk of the fact that, like, I mean, he could be a possible, you know, possible person in this sexual assault case that yeah, is coming. Yeah, in like, didn't even think of that. Yeah, so yeah, like, it's a it's a really of, good point because he was on that of, team. Yeah, oh, they're no. putting a lot of faith that he's not one of the what we've heard five players that might receive heavy suspensions. Now here, um, now here's another thing though. Maybe because clearly the information is somewhere and just hasn't been released yet. So maybe EA and the NHLPA got together and EA was like, "Dude, we can't let this happen." Do you know the five guys? And maybe they, you know, just said it's not. Like obviously, probably didn't tell them who they were, but they were like, "It's not Kale McCarr," and they were like, "Cool." We'll move forward then, you know, because that know, would that know. would be a that would be a big old blemish on not just the NHL but EA Sports, the NHL PA, all of them. Yeah, if they let a cover athlete be one of those guys when somebody has that information, you know what I mean? Dude, that's some real Watergate. Watergate. That is super Watergate. I know, I know, but at the same time, I think I don't like the NHL is dumb. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think they're stupid. You know what I mean? Uh, especially when it comes to marketing themselves, they gotta have some smart people in the marketing department, right? They gotta. Maybe I, just like, I don't know. I just like the picture of Makar. He's like on his edges, like dude, it's sideways on the ice. Like, yeah, it's dude. a sick shot. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good. For those of you that haven't seen the picture, it's a good one. 
the yeah. action shot is that's a good action shot. I like that they didn't just like go for the him raising the cup or whatever when you have a former cup winner on the cover. Do they um, put have they ever put the Stanley Cup on the cover? I don't think yes. they've ever. I thought okay. yeah, I thought Ovi's had the cup on it, no? Uh no. The one I'm thinking of is when um Kane and Taves were uh were, were like co cover people. Taves did. Taves did. Yeah, because I think it, that was actually at the same time uh, when Kane's allegations were coming out, so they had to pull him off the cover. NHL sixteen, yeah. Taves. Um, also, the the Stanley Cup, I think, is like its own cover for the the legacy editions of the game on the the PS four or the three. Yeah. I remember when they were just putting it out on the older consoles as like the the legacy edition. It was just the Stanley Cup on the cover, no player. Dude, remember when Jakob Voracek was almost on the cover of NHL 17? What a no. weird time that would have been. I don't remember that. I remember Drew got it, and he's like, "I don't play and video games." <laughs> sucked, sucked ever since. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, NHL 13, great. Uh, yeah, so. Obviously, there could be a situation there. Again, I think there's probably some collusion going on here. I really think that the mm-hmm. NHL probably has their finger on this pulse, I would think. I would um, hope. You would definitely hope. You would definitely hope so. But, uh, nah, super cool cover. Uh, great guy to have on it. I think we all agree. Um, that for me, though, I usually don't purchase the new NHL games. Um you know, once I feel like the one I'm playing is like super outdated, I'll pull the trigger um, on getting the new one. But to me, it's always just the same game with new names and new places and maybe some new game effects. What I did see, though, is there was uh, some um, they were doing some body tracking of Pavel Barber and um, Nasher and guys from YouTube and stuff who are like trick shot guys uh, for the game. And I'll tell you what, if you include those moves into this game, you're going to have people throwing their systems out the window. Because <laughs> some of the, like, the things that these guys did with like no defenseman around them in a wide open ice with just a net in front of them, if you allow that to be a game mechanic, somebody's throwing their PS5 out the window and it's going to be NHL's fault. And it's not going to be Adam because, you know, <laughs> Adam is so even keeled. Um yeah, that's going to be ridiculous. Uh, if you haven't seen any of the footage of that kind of stuff, that's all over YouTube. Uh, they do a good job of promoting that stuff. So the that's- uh, gameplay trailer came out today, too. Yeah, and there's also some gameplay. Or it doesn't look any different. Uh, I watched it. It doesn't look any different to me, personally. But then again, you- I'm not I'm not really um, attuned to to this kind of these kind How of are you in the- video games. Not excited about checking people back into the boards and breaking glass. No, and that's like that's cool and stuff, but like, yeah, you know. Yeah, no, I, I listen. Jeff Meh. was freaking out in the group chat and in our one-on-one chat that me and Jeff have, um, and I said the same thing. I'm, I'm like, I'm cautiously optimistic as someone that buys the game every year because I am a nerd with no real life or anything <laughs> to deal with but play video games. Uh, <laughs> baseball's your life now, but yeah, ba- yes, true. Baseball is life for you. It, it, you know what? You're you're right. But um, I was watching it, and my initial reaction to the trailer is, this looks like remastered NHL '94. I wouldn't mind that, to be honest with you. I liked NHL '94. I uh, don't know. What I it still was. use the NHL '94 buttons. That's. I have yet That's to commit crazy. to the to the to skill stick. I think it's dumb. So you're, I'm an crazy. old man. I mean, it's <laughs> you know, it I'm is. It is, that, it is. I'm saying that they're changing the controls again. I think from what I understood. Oh my gosh! Um, and I, I immediately told Jeff I am 100 sticking to the current day controls and not whatever this new system is. They're almost kind of going um, NBA 2K style. It seems like where if you ever play the the NBA games, you can hold a button and all the players on the court have a button that you can press that'll automatically pass to that player. They're doing that with NHL now. That's not a bad idea. 
I still don't like it. There's directional passing, though. You can point at the guy you want to pass yeah, to. Yeah, it sucks, though. And I know because there's been times I've tried to get a play going, and I'm like, I'm going to pass to that guy over there, and the puck goes that way. That's fair. That's fair. So it's like, I get it. We'll see how it works in practice. Uh, I am currently waiting to see if I can get in on the, the beta test. Right. We'll, we'll see. That'd be cool uh, if you could. That'd be, that'd be kick-ass. EA, if you're listening to this, uh, send me a code. I won't put that, show the put footage, that on I the Twitch, babe. Put that on the Twitch. I don't uh, think I'm allowed to, unfortunately. Really? If you're a beta tester, you can't put any footage on Twitch? If I remember from years past, they don't allow any sort of recording or anything. Well, that's why just I don't know. That's just dumb. Um, I would love to. Yeah. But if, um, if things go the way that, that I'm hoping they will, uh, NHL 24 could be a crazy uh, game for the Twitch. Woo-hoo. Stay tuned, we'll folks. Um, all righty. Let's move forward here to the bigger news that has dropped as of recent. Uh, Eric Carlson, ring a bell. He landed. Uh, we, we had a three-team trade between the Pittsburgh Penguins, the San Jose Sharks, and the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, San Jose received... Uh, Jeff Hoffman, Michael Grandlin, and uh, Jan Ruda? Was that? Mike Hoffman. Mike Hoffman, sorry. Jeff Hoffman. Jeff, is the, Jeff Hoffman. the Phillies relief pitcher, my bad. Uh, Mike Hoffman, <laughs> Michael Grandlin, and and uh, Jan Ruda. Montreal received Jeff Petrie and Casey DeSmith. And Pittsburgh also received Rem Pitlick uh, in addition to getting the big fish in the pond, the Eric Carlson um, so now Eric Carlson is in Pittsburgh. Let's let's unpack this bag, shall we? Because we were saying a couple of episodes ago that the Pittsburgh Penguins are in a weird spot. I guess, you know, in, in our opinions, they were in a weird spot uh, where you can either hit the gas and keep going forward or hit the brakes a little bit and see if you can retool, rebuild a little bit, considering you just missed the playoffs last season. Well... Kyle Dubas decided, to hell with all that, I'm going to take this Pittsburgh Penguins team that I'm going to claim as an 06 Honda Accord, a fully loaded 06 Honda Accord, but still uh, an 06 Honda Accord. He not only put a turbo in it, but then cut the brake lines. Okay, it is all gas, no brakes. We are going full speed ahead, and if we fuck this up, it gets fucked up, and we're going we're gonna to figure it out after the fact. Um, Wow. He's going pretty much all in with this Penguins team. And I don't know how it's going to go for him. And I'm not saying it's because Eric Carlson's, um, you know, a bad player. Obviously, he's a great player. But he has definitely shown inconsistencies in his career. What if now that he's got his team and he's he's where he wants to be and all that stuff, we see another downturn in his play. And you already committed so much to him, you know. Um, I don't, I don't know. I feel like this could backfire a little bit for Dubas and the Penguins. But first off, what do you guys think of the deal? Um, I mean, it kind of made sense. Like, right, we were talking about who, what team would he fit on the best, and we all said Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure you said Pittsburgh too, Adam. Uh, it looked like Carolina was gonna get him, and then uh. That fanned out, and the Hurricanes wound up going to cheaper option, bringing Tony D'Angelo back. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. They're going for it. They want to be a top three team in a, in a tough division, and uh, they want to see if they got one more run in them. Yeah, the floor I guess. Is, the floor is yours, Adam. We're talking about yeah. your favorite team. Yeah, this is your team, man. Boys, I've had two weeks to sit on this. Oh, yeah, because I think I think it broke last week. I don't even remember now. I'm whelmed. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. I'm just whelmed. Like I, I've I've sat on it. I thought about it. Like everyone's saying, oh, the sharks could have gotten more. No, they really couldn't, because they weren't gonna budge off of the 12 to 13% that Greer was looking to retain on Carlson. So that automatically kind of shoots you in the foot as to what you can get back. But 
I don't know, man. I, I would have loved to see Carlson stick around. Um, I think he was kind of the the offensive drive that the, the team needed. I mean, you've got your Tomas Hurdle, your Logan Couture, maybe your Kevin LeBanc. I don't know. I'm still not hitching my wagon to that horse at all. Right. Um, but I'm I'm just kind of I'm kind of whelmed. Like I I don't have a a heavy hitting criticism. I, I'm I'm not I can't get heated over it because I don't purely hate the deal. Other than you know I'm a Carlson fan and I would have loved to see him stick around. But I don't know. I, the only way I could put it is I'm kind of I'm kind of numb to the whole thing. It's it's weird. Uh, hmm. I will say, as a positive, I, I am very happy that we have San Jose legend Mike Hoffman coming back to the team, <laughs> involved in yet another Eric Carlson trade. <laughs> Mike Hoffman and Eric Carlson just get traded for each other, and it, it's it's it goes about as well as peanut butter and jelly, man. It's just a beautiful combo. Seems to happen every time. Um, but I also think it's a little weird that of the three teams involved, Montreal somehow came out the best yeah well i mean obviously like we said um we think that the best fit for eric carlson was pittsburgh um but yeah i agree with you i think montreal got some pretty good stuff i mean they did come they did turn around just trade jeff petrie anyways but they got a goaltender now is casey smith a good goaltender no but is he serviceable sure sure i would say he's he's better than what they had no exactly so I think I think that they made out pretty well in this deal. I don't think there's really any losers in this deal. Um, I mean, you said that you're pretty whelmed. You're kind of okay with what San Jose got I mean, in return. We got $10 million off the books in terms of cap. Now, granted, we kind of replaced that with Mike Hoffman and Mikhail Granlin, but I mean... I feel like Grandlin's the kind of player that could have a bounce back, and Mike Mike Hoffman, to my knowledge, has been pretty solid the last couple of years, given his age. So I mean, the Sharks are in a rebuild. There's really no right two ways about it. I think if Carlson stuck around, it would have been a a very aggressive and hard to pull off retool, and the, the Sharks can't really play that game. So they they, they, yeah. they could. And it almost would have put you in more of a backseat than than you kind of were. I mean, these are the kind of the these are the kind of deals that rebuilding teams make, and I think this is a solid return for getting that kind of contract off the books and also putting him in a situation to finish out his career with the with the promise or not the promise, but the hope of some success. Um, and I think I'm not, I'm not going to go all in balls to the wall. Pittsburgh's winning the cup next season. I think there's still some work that needs to be done on that team. Um, but I think of the teams that were interested in him and that could have utilized Eric Carlson the best, Pittsburgh is probably it. We saw the Brent Burns Eric Carlson tandem did not work in San Jose, right? So there was no reason to do it in Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. That said, though, something interesting. I don't remember where I heard it, but someone equated that to a to like the situation now that's in Pittsburgh between Latang and Carlson. Not that Latang is a Brent Burns player, but there is something with Carlson not meshing well on a team where he's not, I guess, the guy right on the back end. Um, yeah, but so, if you look at Chris Letang's age and kind of the way that he's been playing as of recent years, Eric Carlson still has a good shot at being the guy. I think, I mean, according to Daily Faceoff, they currently have him slotted on their second D pairing next to Marcus Peterson, which I think is a little bizarre. Um, but I mean, I guess loyalty to Chris Letang or just, you know, that's kind of the placeholder. But more importantly, they have Carlson leading the first power play unit with Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, and uh, Ricard Raquel, which is, I think, really where if Carlson can stay healthy, that's where he's going to shine because he's going to be able to rifle the puck to any of those guys that can move it up the ice and put it in the back of the net. So if Carlson is going to shine anywhere on the, the, the penguins that isn't five on five, it's going to be that first power play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, I, I do think that he's, I mean, I, I know the, the reports and the stories about him, you know, when he's not the guy, he's the lesser of a player. I think he's matured as a player though. I think he's, he's obviously grown up. Um, I think he'll be fine. And, and again, I'll, I'll reiterate, I think he has a good chance at still being the guy if he continues the pace that he played at last year. I mean, how could he not be the guy? You know what I mean? So, uh, but, but Matt, what do you, what do you think about this deal? Winners, losers, do you like it? No losers. I when three I feel like all three team deals that were made this year, no one really came out as quote unquote losers. Mm-hmm. Um and it's Metro's gonna be interesting. Now it, it's interesting to see like a team that might get off to a rough start and come back or a team in in the Metropolitan specifically, like kind of reign success get hit with, like, something that, like, discards them and they, like, fall off. Like, right. we don't know what's going to happen. Everything we're just trying to predict is, like, what we see on paper. Like, first 10 games, something could happen. Everything starts shifting. So, um, I think it's a good – I mean, it's a really great addition for Pittsburgh. And then, um, yeah, let's see if everything fits. Right. So my 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 last question on the topic then is going to be: Do you think that this deal propels the Penguins back into the playoffs? I mean, they barely they barely missed it last year, and right. they in, added a a pretty great player to fit in all situations. So yeah, I think it's pretty good indication they'll probably be over that ninety three po- point mark with right. just on paper right improving. Mm-hmm. Adam, what about you? Yeah, I think it gives them a really good shot at making it. And that's that was the whole reason behind the deal. Um, other than Dubas having a weird fetish of getting a core four that makes a buttload of money, um, it was to he loves try the number four. And, uh, he must, I don't know. But um, th- the goal is to get Crosby, Malkin, Latang, that core another cup before that window is completely shut. Um, so I think Eric Carlson is the guy to do it, or at least to kind of help them push that line a little bit further. But we'll see. I mean, Carlson's Carlson had one good year and won the Norris. If he can replicate that, I think the Penguins have a good shot. If he falls back down to the Eric Carlson I've seen in San Jose that was perpetually hurt, I can't speak English, um, for his tenure there, I think it's going to be another near miss. Yeah. Um, So you think that they're missing the playoffs, but nearly again? I think if Carlson stays healthy, they make it. If he falls back down to earth, they they miss. Hmm, Interesting. Because I pretty much have them almost a shoe in for the playoffs at this point. I think that that was just one of the. Uh, they do need to get a goalie, I think. Um, Man, you say that. I'm looking at Tristan Jari and Nedeljkovic. I have a weird feeling Nedeljkovic could thrive in Pittsburgh. And if he does, he does. But Tristan Jari, that's not a guy I rely on right now, to be honest with you. Um, so I think maybe they get a better goalie. Nedeljkovic is obviously, you know, serviceable. Um, but I think that might be the only thing at this point holding them back from from doing a full playoff push. Now, we'll obviously see, but I think that this uh, Carlson deal does give them a better chance at doing it. Um, all right, to keep moving forward, our last bit of news for the episode. We already talked about it in recent episodes, the Ivan Fedotov situation with uh, with Russia and the uh, and you know the Flyers and stuff. Well, in recent uh, news action. He's uh, back to playing hockey, and um, instead of respecting the NHL contract that Ivan had with the Philadelphia Flyers, CSKA Moscow Hockey Club re-signed Ivan Fedotov, um, and so this wound up going to the International Ice Hockey Federation, to the IIHF, uh, to be reviewed because there are um, rules in their, in their articles of dealings between international uh, hockey leagues that that come into play here. So here is the official statement from the IIHF on the situation. Um, said here, 
Based on the evidence provided to the IIHF by the involved parties, the IIHF has determined that Ivan Fedotov has a valid NHL contract with the Philadelphia Flyers Hockey Club for the 2023-2024 season. Accordingly, the IIHF has determined that Ivan Fedotov was in breach of a professional player contract per Article 2.4.1 of the IIHF International Transfer Regulations when he signed a contract with CSKA Hockey Club for the 23-24 season. In accordance with Article 2.4.1 of the IAHF International Transfer Regulations, Ivan Fedotov was given two weeks to either go back to his former club, i.e. Philadelphia Flyers, or obtain a release from his former club. As neither action occurred within the given period, the IAHF has imposed the following sporting sanctions on Ivan Fedotov. A four-month suspension on playing in official national and international games during playing periods. The suspension shall take effect on the 1st of September, 2023, which is the first CSKA regular season game, and conclude on December 31st. Um, here are the bans, or uh, not bans, uh, sanctions put down on CSKA Hockey Club. A one-season ban on international transfers taking effect on August 11th and concluding on August 10th of next year. Um, so this is interesting for a couple of reasons, because now if Ivan Fedotov wants to continue to play hockey, he basically has to come over to the NHL and respect that contract. And now also CSKA can't do any sort of international transfers for another year. So any of the players on that team that might want to come stateside about halfway through the season or once the playoffs conclude uh, internationally, they can't. So there's a lot of uh, different situations going on here. Uh, I'll go to, I'll go to Adam first. Cause then we'll have Matt wrap it up. While, or I will go to Matt first. Um, since he's the other Flyers fan here. What do you think of the situation? It's crazy, man. What else can you what say? What is going that? on? You know, this yeah, is I know, insane. Yeah. Um, it is rough. I don't it, the thing is that like we see all these different sides of what's like gonna happen, like the IIHF telling him he literally can't even play in the KHL, like he's banned. And then the KHL just saying, no, nah, like, we're not listening to that crap. Like, he's going to play here, and he's not going to North America. Well, he's their um, best goalie. Like, he's broken a bunch of records. He's been the best goalie in that league for two seasons now. They don't want to lose him. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I've never seen anything quite like it. Um, I hope that uh, justice gets resolved, and he could uh, probably wants to come to North America. It's kind of like Mitch no, Hall. though, dude. Why would he sign again in CSKA if you wanted to come North America side? You know what I mean? I have a reason. Okay, Maybe. Adam, please. He didn't have a choice in the matter. That is also fair. This is Russia we're talking about. Um, um yeah. that's definitely a factor for sure. That should be taken into. I like. I thought about it, but I didn't think about it at the same time. There's a chance that he didn't even sign the contract. The contract got signed for him. Um, uh. I think he physically signed the contract. I'm sure he did, but I'm, you know. Begrudgingly. Yes. I'm not saying actual gunpoint, but a proverbial gunpoint. Um, I was feel forced like we to sign the contract. A blanket allegedly over Allegedly on all of this, okay? Before I start feeling the, the red dot scope from, from the Russians here. Uh, this Ryan, is all, don't look. There's someone out your window right now. All allegedly. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, but this is one of those situations where it's obviously politically based, uh, based off the actions of Russia and the United States and in recent history. But my question to, to you, Matt, would subsequently be, do you still even want Ivan Fedotov? Do you even want to deal with all of this BS that is coming with, Obviously, I'm. I, I mean, maybe not obviously, but he is at least on the KHL side a generational talented goaltender. I've seen the footage; the dude is good. This is a lot of baggage for a good goaltender when you have a good goaltender currently got that you couple. you could keep. You, got you don't have to trade him; you could keep him. You know, got a couple. Um, Kind of, I mean, yeah. I mean, if one he gets here, is there going to be more drama? No, he's already here, right? Yeah, but just because he's already here doesn't mean there's not going to be more drama. You know what I mean? You got to think about his family. It's still in Russia. What the Russian government is going to do with that? Allegedly. 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 Okay. You know, like, um, 
there was a there, remember when this whole thing went down in the first place with the with the situation in Ukraine, how a bunch of the Russian hockey players were worried about their families' livelihoods and concerned about their health over there in Russia. I'm sure he's probably in the same boat. He could be, man, but he could also fi- just you know file in just like every other you know Russian hockey player who lives here. You know you're you know uh Kaprizovs who's kind of in the same situation. You know those sort of things. Listen, man, it's it's tough. I don't know a lot of what's truly going on. Only what's been presented to me. Mm-hmm. Um. From where the flyer standpoint is, like, absolutely. Like, why wouldn't you want this guy here? You get right. got another option of a great goaltender. Like, I mean, you just saw Vegas. They just won a Stanley Cup on their four-string goaltender who came out of nowhere, really. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, something going on around the league is the understanding that being deep at goaltender is not a bad thing. No, it's, yeah. It's a thing that best to get ahead of or else it'll get ahead of you. It's something um, to strive for, yeah. Yeah. So as a Flyers fan, of course I want to see him. Like I want I want a a battle for that crease. Like I, I like Hart. I really like Hart. But like I don't not not gonna say like the net shouldn't be a battle for position. Like there's only one starting goaltender. And like that now it can't just be set. Yeah, I especially agree. Especially, fly, especially where the Flyers are at right now. Especially in a league where, and not only where the Flyers are at right now, with uh, you know, obviously, pretty much you know, full blown rebuilding, and looking at the rest of the league and the rest of the league, learning that being deep at goalie is good because you can ride the hot hand. Goalies are going to get hot at different times. That's just, and you can ride that to get more quality starts out of your goaltenders more wins and keep your goalies healthier um so i i too want him to come over but i just am not excited for the baggage that it's going to bring um but adam what about you what do you think on from an outsider's perspective here this guy obviously not being in your system if you're if you're the flyers are you even trying to get him over here at all anymore or are you just kind of over it i think you still try i mean you you took the chance on mitch Kopp. Like, there's no telling, yes, Mitchkov wants to come here, but so did Fedotov. So, I mean, that doesn't mean that they're not – a similar situation won't happen to Mitchkov if the powers that be deem that Mitchkov needs to stay in Russia for another little bit. So, right. I feel like if the Flyers weren't still interested in trying to, to – make the Russian thing work, mm-hmm. so to speak. I don't know if they necessarily take the flyer on, pun intended, on Mitchkov. Right. Um, so we'll see what happens. If I'm the flyers, I'm trying to get Mitchkov to smuggle Fedotov with him when he eventually comes over. In his, in his bags, yeah. In his bag or however the hell it's supposed to work out. I doubt that's how it's going to work, but I, I feel like I feel like any situation where Fedotov comes over, I feel like Mitch Cobb is going to somehow be involved. I don't know why. Right. That's just my my gut instinct. But like Matt said, uh, you know, I, I feel like there should be a battle for your guys' crease. For sure. Um, I don't want to say Carter Hart got comfortable, but I almost kind of feel like he got a little comfortable knowing that he is basically the guy. There's not very many people that could take his starting spot in your organization to my knowledge right now. Um I mean they just signed Sam Harrison to like a two year deal. Yeah, they're yeah, looking but... they're looking to see what they got from the Swedish kid. Um and Sam Harrison. Uh, yeah, and who's the who's the other Norseman? Norseman. What's just draft, they just drafted two goalies, yeah. No, they had they had another one in the system. I'm forgetting his name uh, right now. would it be Boys Kolosov? On no. Alexei Kolosov? No. So that's the only one I see on Cap Friendly right now. It was definitely a Norse name. Cal Peterson. Felix Sandstrom. There it is. Ah. Oh, Felix, um, yeah. I yeah, think so. Kind of get Sandy. move on this merry way. 
Yeah, I think probably Sandstrom might might be leaving because they committed to Samuel Harrison. But yeah, I think I think especially if you're bringing Fedotov, you have a three way uh, battle for the net. I think that's that's a that's a good thing for this team right now uh, to have those options. Um, and I really hope they don't do something stupid and trade those options away. I think that would be very dumb. But um, all righty, boys, unless you got any other NHL news that ought to do with this episode. We should probably touch on and give a heartfelt condolences to the Rodion Amirov family after his untimely passing away of cancer yeah, two days ago at the time that this is being released. I think. Yes. Yes. Man yes. is younger than us. Yeah. That's um, that's even that that just made me sadder. Thank you, Fish. Yes, uh, Rodion Amirov, uh, a a Leafs prospect, uh, another Russian-born player. Um, it was uh, the club's first-round draft pick in 2020. Uh, unfortunately, has passed away. Um, he uh, excuse me. Um, he was 21 years old. Jesus, fuck cancer. Yeah, seriously. Absolutely fuck, fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. A hundred percent. Fuck cancer. Yeah, that stuff that stuff is tough. Uh hopefully the hockey community kind of rallies around his family and then the Leafs do something and everything like that, because that's that sucks, especially for a kid who was twenty one. That's yeah. yeah, that's that is unfortunate. And we definitely we send our thoughts and, and prayers out to that family, the Leafs organization, and anybody that knew and played with uh with uh Rodion Amirov. And on a, a happier note, uh for next year, or actually for this Thursday, I'll start. Everyone Whoa, should watch... hey now. Yeah, w- w- there's a little bit of lip whiplash, but follow follow along. We'll get there. Okay. This All Thursday right. is the Slam Ball playoff final. Oh everyone needs to watch this. So they come back next season, and we have a sport to watch between uh, – a hockey-like sport to watch between uh, seasons. Because, good Lord, do I love me some Slam Ball. I was slam Ball is slam so ball fun to watch. Um, it is so good. Dude, I don't I care remember, what people think. I remember the days when Slam Ball was on Versus. I that remember the day stuff, man. I remember when it was on Cartoon Network. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Slam ball is a. It's basically the. For those that don't know what we're talking about, it's it's not um spike ball. Okay, it's a. It's basically the XFL of basketball. Yeah, uh, you could argue that completely like, unhinged basketball. There's trampolines they, involved. You can hit people. It's nuts. They market it as a um, a hybrid of basketball football hockey and gymnastics uh and i think that's the perfect way to describe what this awesome game is um slam ball is nutty to watch they did a a slam dunk contest last night which i thought was crazy (laughs) that is crazy you gotta check the highlights out for that but yeah this thursday so what to say oh so the day this episode drops when you're listening to this Finish this episode and make sure you tune in. I think it's on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. Watch the Slam Ball final so it can come back and we have something to watch alongside baseball, which, listen, I work for the sport. I wouldn't say I'm on par with the, the two gentlemen I do this podcast with. I wouldn't say I'm on par with the Take a Pitch Bros. Uh, Slam Ball is where, where it's at for summer sports. Uh, I've, I'm already in talks with Billy and Max to get a slam ball podcast going. Uh, stay tuned for that. I'm gonna gonna spread myself completely thin and do this and a slam ball podcast. So make it happen, everybody. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, slam ball is super fun. Go watch that. Uh, take Adam's advice. It's a fun time. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We always appreciate you guys hitting play. Much, much appreciated. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OTPP pod on both. And Adam, go ahead and plug the Twitch. Yeah, twitch.tv slash on the power play. Now the NHL 24 is on the horizon. I've got some ideas that I, I will have to get prepared for because it's going to take some time. But yeah, yeah. Uh, be on the lookout because I'm a little excited to get things rolling again. 
Yeah, that and also remember it's going to pick back up in the winter when he's not, you know, doing his baseball thing and all that jazz that we talked about. So, you know, be patient with him, but definitely tune in there. Um, As always, again, thank you so much for listening and we out.